0: Welcome to the Lycrae Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. I'm Jenny Bookler. And I'm Chris Heine. And this week we are gearing up for one of the most exciting, personally exciting, I think, moments that we've been waiting for for a while. What is happening right now? So
1: this Friday we have the opening reception of the Iceland Residency Exhibition, which is a showcase of the 14 artists who attended last year's residency. Each one of those artists are from all over the world, and they've made an entire collection of artwork inspired by their experiences, the Icelandic landscape, um, the things that they enjoyed most about the trip, So the entire exhibition is filled with really great illustrations, books, handmade felted objects, and really fun, fun stuff. So we're excited for the opening. It starts at 7 p.m. on Friday, and we actually have a very special lecture with Sam Bosma beginning right at 7. Yep. So definitely come
0: by and see Sam talk about his practice. He's got some pieces in the show. Of course, he joined us. And special guest Callie C. Smeyer will be here, too, for the meet and greet that is directly following it during the exhibition opening. So... Plenty of reasons to say hello and to stop by. So the other thing that we wanted to mention about this is we were actually going to be opening our application process for Iceland Residency 2016, which will be our third uh, trip over there um, with the team. It'll be a lot of fun. So if you guys are interested in traveling with us, all the details, dates, and information are going to be up there in the next couple weeks too. Mm -hmm. So hopefully by the time the um, residency exhibition is up you'll be able to see all those details there too
1: (laughs) we also have just in case you guys haven't seen it so sam is in town not only for the opening but also teaching a three-day workshop here at like rare art lab and we also have a really special one coming up this summer
0: yep um from july 3rd to july 5th you can join tegan white as she takes us through the lake maria state park Reserve. So there is going to be boats. There's going to be sketching out in the wilderness. Uh, we're going to do a lot of grilling. And also, it's on top of Fourth of July. So there's even an optional time to go over there and see the fireworks with us. So that'll be really fun. So yeah, lots. So
1: just a couple tickets left, right?
0: Yep, only a couple. I think we only have four left. So if you'd like to join us, that is on the website. All the information is on shop.lightgrayartlab.com. And we will have some other calls for art and some other projects coming up here shortly. So definitely keep an eye out for all of those things. So to start off our topic today, I was thinking a lot about Iceland and I was thinking about how it's it's definitely one of those places that I yearn to be every moment of my life, every single waking moment. Mm-hmm. And it has become, um, over probably the last couple of years, a very popular place to go, right? I can't help but feel like after being there a couple of times that it is like a second home, even though it's really not. But it kind of is. Like I'm like, there's that one place that we went and we drove over that thing. (laughs) Well,
2: it's a really small place, so it's easy to recognize a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's like it's familiar. You have a lot of great memories. And then you get really attached to different things that you've experienced there. Just like any place, really, that you've been. But you know when you have those moments where all of a sudden you'll be flipping through Facebook and you'll see a photo pop up and somebody else will have visited the exact same spot and you'll get this sort of little jealous like what is it a twang what's the what's the word i'm looking for
2: um like a, f- yeah, a flare, twang maybe a up. flare
0: up your <laughs> nostrils flare up and then you think to yourself hey that's my place like that's my thing why well, and you like kind of want other people to know it but you kind of don't want other people to know it you know yeah mm-hmm. like
2: is that the hipster mentality of just being like
0: that's my thing don't yeah. don't I'm look the at one it who
2: discovered that band first i mean oh yeah, it happens yeah. with a lot of things i think
0: like it's that's my thing but it's actually not my thing
2: or like Like
1: it's it's so it has that like sacred mentality where you're like that place is sacred and special and no one knows about it
2: or probably like everyone who like i read walking dead way before the show came out and then all of a sudden everyone was all into walking dead and i was like i was in it before you were in it.
0: so does that make you hate the the thing or does that make you hate the people that like the thing that you like
2: (laughs) I doesn't make me feel (laughs) anywhere.
0: I feel like there's like mixed, mixed mentalities that happen. Some people are just like, yeah, when I come back from my sweet vacation, I'm going to tell everybody about all the cool stuff that I went and I did. And then there are other people that you're just like, stop telling people about this cool thing that you did, because then everybody's going to know about this cool thing that we all did. You know, like, I feel like there's sort of a, a like a kind of a crappy mix between like whose power is it to to be the, the discoverer of the thing, you know? And mm-hmm. then when other people start discovering it, you kind of feel like kind of, you want it all to yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. I had this, of course, you know, I feel a little bit like that. But then again, I'm, I'm the kind of person that would be like, well, you should just come with me and then we can all experience this wonderful thing together. But when I think about it, I also think that way about ideas sometimes, and I have, like, a laundry list of things that I'd like to do someday. And it's, like a, like, a list 50 miles long of, like, all these tiny pieces of something that didn't turn into anything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wouldn't it be cool if someday somebody did this and this and this, you know? And then I do get kind of sad sometimes. Like, when we're sitting around and you and I are talking, oh, you know, someday it'd be really cool to make a board game about, I don't know, ghosts. and then (laughs) and then Chris goes guess how many ghost board games there are in the universe and then I go wait what why what what do you mean there's ghost board games and then I get a little sad in my heart because I'm just like wait a second that was my idea even though I was like late to the party yeah kind of late to the party yeah Um, but still you know what I mean you you can't help but feel like that was your idea mm -hmm. you know I'm just like wait I I have an original thing well I, I
2: think when you hear that like for instance if it was a show and a board game about ghosts yeah and for some reason you didn't know about
0: any other board, board games, games of ghosts because yeah. there's
2: a fair amount of them i think but um i think that when you hear about the other ones then it kind of makes you even though you didn't even know it about it when you th- concepted it or kind of came up with the idea it does make you feel like outwardly you're going to look like you're copying instead yeah. of just ri- uh setting original right
1: well sp- so i head. think that happens a lot I mean, that's why people say your stuff looks like whoever or, oh, have you ever seen this artist? They're doing the same thing that you are, which some of that is just like a subconscious. Everyone's in the same Famili- time with the same availability of materials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that I do. I don't know. I think of especially like a board game ghost thing like that. Do you think it's poor research or do you think it is like just a coincidence? You know? I think it's both.
2: In Lindsay's case, it's just poor research. But- <laughs>
1: okay so i feel like what what was i
0: seeing the other day i saw somebody say that they want to punch everybody in the face that says that they're an idea man or whatever who is it was some tweet that somebody somebody was like ranting on the internet which everybody does you know and they were saying oh yeah next time i hear somebody say they're an idea man i'm gonna punch that person in the face and then i was like wait a second and i feel like in the past i have probably said you know like like maybe it's the phrase that people don't like idea man or something like that but but i'm sure there, are you know in my in my poor research stage sometimes you just get these like epiphanies of things that go together and you're like these things combined would be really fun or really silly or totally ridiculous or they should exist somewhere even if i'm not the right person to do it mm-hmm. you know and in that case I would not punch a person for having ideas, even if they haven't really looked into the massive amounts of like board game knowledge to make a ghost game. I would say I would not punch myself in the face, is what I'm saying. Yeah, for not knowing enough about board games. <sighs> I yet. think
2: I the concept of an ideas man. I guess I I didn't I don't know the context of this tweet. It was but just a
0: tweet. Who knows? It was some random tweet
2: thing. into the ether. But yeah. I think that I would appreciate having an ideas person because I feel like there has to be. Some sort of catalyst person that kicks things off, mm-hmm. and I would say in the group you're probably the ideas person.
0: Don't anybody Whereas punch I would, you in the face. Yeah, <laughs>
2: go punch Lindsay in the face. Don't but, punch me
0: yeah. in the face. Don't punch me in the face. Right.
2: But where I would be less of a, the ideas person, and I can generate ideas, but it's not. I'm not just sitting there being like, here's ideas pouring out constantly. I kind of like sop up the ideas, and you know,
0: and critique them
2: critique them or execute them I feel like you hand them off sometimes and say now we need to make these things happen so you take this part of it you take this part of it
0: well when Jenny was saying like do you feel like it's poor research when somebody's like what that's already been done oh you know like I feel like yeah sometimes you know if I think there's some there's like a bit of spontaneity that happens when you're just throwing stuff out there that you don't quite get when you've done your massive amounts of like is it feasible? Is it possible? Is it cost effective? Can we do this with the time that we have? Are there resources available? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's there's all these things that if you do all your research the spontaneous idea making part of it isn't exactly the same. You know, you, right. you're kind of right. like refining it or whatever. What was the other part of your thing? Was it, was it well, poor research or what was the other thing?
1: I don't remember. Oh. Well, I was thinking like... <laughs> the other the other version is just everything everyone has multiple ideas that's why they say that everything's been done before you're just also doing it yeah. because we all have the same resources we all have the same like access to information thanks to the internet things like that that are all available to everyone so whether you are making something and not knowing that it exists somewhere else or whether you're making it because it still needs to exist and because it doesn't really matter if somebody did a different version like somebody else had tarot deck sometime so why does it matter if you make a second one, you know? So maybe when you look at like the grand scheme of everything that's been made, you're like, of course there's going to be these repeats. So yeah. why does it matter? And in, I know that's- And in the
2: case of this, this phantom board game we're talking about, I would argue it's not important if somebody made it. I would say it's more important that thematically it makes sense with the project. So even if there are games that exist, I wouldn't change it if it would hurt it if it would hurt the idea to change it, then I wouldn't change it just because there is another version of something similar out there.
0: You mean there's like a ghost board game, and you're like, well, there is a ghost bo- board game. So now you need to make a board game made out of grapes.
2: There's a grape board game.
0: Is there a there, grape there board game?
1: Is, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: well, there's winemaking yeah. board game. But oh, okay.
1: if, if you made a ghost game, you wouldn't be. Fearful that somebody would call you out for like copying.
2: Yeah, I think you need to be, I think there is like due diligence where in that case you would probably need need to be aware of like the products that exist. Yeah, well, you don't want to
1: be
0: embarrassed.
2: Let's say you were going to make a game about buying properties along New York. No, Atlantic City. Oh. (laughs) And you were like, I'm going to have a shoe and a car
0: (laughs) and an iron. And I'm going to have a bunch (laughs) of crappy money
2: and i'm gonna yeah. make a horrible game and then you've been and you didn't know and you weren't aware that monopoly existed then you probably would be called out but
0: well yeah and then you'd probably look like a fool yeah you'd be like where have you been living for the past one million years have you not looked at anything fun in your life and <laughs> right. is not fun okay but that's okay have you looked at nothing torturous in the last forever <laughs> Yeah, so but okay, so I mean I would feel I would feel dumb for not knowing, you know. I think when we talk about like the ideas of all these things influencing people at the same time. Of course people want to go to certain places. When things trend, they trend because all of us are like in a mental zone that are looking at the same things all day that we're like you know, feeling how like the environment is moving around, how social things are happening, you know, and and it mm-hmm. is easy to, for people to make a mental jump from one thing to the next version of it, which is exactly right. all that research we do in product design, like how trends happen and why people right. like the things they like and why people start to make artwork or why people start to do board games or why things have thematic TV, you know, TV shows or whatever else, like why art follows trends. Right. right.
1: Like, for example, every single thing has like chalkboard paint on it right now. And you're and the first person who did that, who which whoever knows who that was that did the chalkboard paint, whoever There's invented it. There's probably somebody. Yes. Johnny Chalk. But <laughs> John Chuck is super chocked that this thing is happening, but it's just it, it's a reaction to what everyone else is doing. So of course, everyone now has chalkboard paint all over their products and stuff, but that doesn't mean they are copying Person number one that did that, right?
0: So there's like, yeah, well, there, I mean, there are some people, and we, we know that this is going into a territory where everybody's got lots of opinions of, of art copying. And there are some very serious situations. And so, although we probably don't need to go in depth about how, how copying works, basically, if you look at something and you look at the copy and if they look like the same thing, it's a copy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a copy. There's, I mean, and so even when I'm talking to my students in, in, um, product design class or just in illustration whatever. I mean, it's basically like you put the two side by side and there is no percentage. There's no, you know, I mean, there's all these fake rules that people have gone around that says, oh, you need to change something 17% or something like that. It's not real. You know, if you can look at it and it looks exactly like the other one, then it's a copy of it. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, there are, we've talked about movements of like movements of art, movements of trends, like all these things. Again, it's like stylistically, we're all using the same Photoshop brushes to do things like that. But concept-wise, I think that's something too, where people are very sensitive about being the first to have an idea or the first to put their idea out there. And they're worried that other people will claim it as their own, you know? So you ever have that feeling when you're like, you're like, I want to do a group project and i'm going back in time here and i'm actually maybe i should just say this is me and i'm gonna ask you guys if you ever felt like that back in the day um i used to feel much more like i wanted to do a group project i wanted it to be very specific but then i was also terrified at the same time of somebody strong-arming me into turning it into something else Mm -hmm. you ever feel like that I don't really feel like that anymore, but I used to have that feeling a lot, where I was just like, well, I do want to do this thing that's bigger than myself, but but the second I put it out there, what happens if it, like, what if the train starts going in a different direction, and then it starts getting this weird garbage version of the thing that I thought was, like, the coolest thing, you know? Like, what's what yeah. happens when somebody spoils your great concept, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I think it's tricky to, like, because it is, it's putting it out there, and I um when we attended icon last summer I took a class I forgot what it was even called but I took a class that was a couple days earlier than the actual event and people were ask asking about putting their stuff on the internet so the group of people that were attending the class were anywhere between like I don't know maybe 20 to 50 years old and a decent number in the class don't like putting their work online at all because they're nervous about people stealing their ideas or stealing their artwork or misinterpreting it they want it to be presented exactly how they want to be presented like in person with their artwork and so it's nerve-wracking to like put something out there and not know where it's gonna go or how it's gonna like float away from you so I don't know I understand the stress of that
0: yeah I mean there's a big anxiety I think when when I put something out and then it's not with the rest of like for example you put a piece of artwork that's in a series out there um And somebody goes and puts one of the five or six pieces on Pinterest somewhere. And then it floats around the internet and then it ends up somewhere without all the notes and all, you know, without all the things. There is like a huge chunk of information that when seen in the right context would have really provided all of like, all the, all the context you would need to really experience that piece the way it was intended to be, you know, but having this one chunk cropped or isolated isn't there a really famous photo too about it's a it's a war photo where there's like three guys one of them has a gun pointing at a guy who's receiving water from another guy so if they crop it with the two guys on the left it looks like one guy's about to shoot the like a prisoner of war or something Mm -hmm. and they crop it on the right and it looks like this guy's a humanitarian and he's saving this guy from dehydration do you know what photo i'm talking about
2: um i'm kind of I don't can't I don't know specifically. it's like one of
0: those Facebook photos where they're like propaganda and then you're like oh okay no. but you know but like in context people can yeah. take your stuff and and put it in a weird zone and all of a sudden it's something a little not what you intended mm-hmm. you know right and I think there's a real fear that people have when you're right. like what happens I if was it's not?"
1: you made this pattern last year or maybe the year before of um terrarium plants and then somebody turned it into like a fingernail polish or a fingernail design oh yeah and so seeing your work where you never intended it to be on people's fingers literally um how that's changed from like a pattern on the internet to something totally different like how do you have control over where something's going around
0: well sometimes you don't and sometimes it is your i think there's a couple things that a person could do to prepare themselves this is just my opinion okay so um, being a person who has put a ton of content on the internet that was intended to be used by other people in a variety of different ways. Um, I don't know, what is it, four years ago now? Five years ago? It was a long time ago. We did a project called Daily Pattern Project and every day we made a pattern, um, for eight months. And me, you, Francesca and then Alyssa had done that for a while there there's like a you know and and contributing people the point was you put a repeat pattern out there people could use it on their um, tumblr backgrounds they could put it on their twitter backgrounds like whatever desktop wallpaper no you know Mm -hmm. we knew it i mean we knew that the reason why we left it in a repeating state was so that people could actually use it as a tileable thing you know right it was half the challenge but there was sort of a, a preparation that we knew that the artwork we were creating was more of an exercise than it was a than it was anything else i don't know i guess i was mentally prepared at that point knowing that this like little thing i made was going out into a lawless crazy place right <laughs> you know? but i mean
2: there are there are limits where some people would ask some people actually said like can you send me the high res file because i want to make like bags out of this and then you're like, like that. no and then you're like in that case no But feel free to use it for your, you know,
0: this, 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 your
2: Tumblr background or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there were, there are sometimes spoken and sometimes unspoken rules. And I think it's the, you know, education of the people that stumble upon it. You know, how easy do you make it for them to understand what they can and cannot do? I mean, there are rules of the internet, right? There are rules of using artwork. There's just things that, that every single day people are learning how that works and it's important that you know as a creator that you know it's a possibility that you try your best to uphold the rules of the internet and of you know of using artwork or fonts or whatever appropriately like I mean and then you have to take on the educator's role of making sure that you teach people how to do it correctly because there are people that just don't know any better Mm -hmm. but if I go back to that daily pattern thing and think about, like, the mental state that I, this is a weird way of phrasing it, but, but like, the state I was in when I was thinking about, like, I'm going to be putting hundreds of patterns online that are at a decent enough quality to go all over the place. Um, There were a couple, like, there were, like, a couple different things that I think for the project, like, the intention of the project was to share the patterns that was the point
1: point. Mm-hmm.
0: and so the second that you put the the reins on you start pulling it back in from a project that was intended to be shared then it becomes something different
2: like if you were a pattern house whose intention is to sell it and license yes. it, then it's different yes. to just mm-hmm. kind of share it around that, and let it mm-hmm. be yes fast and then, and loose.
0: exactly and so that's the hard thing you know there are people that do both and it's again like the role of the creator sometimes to try and set the guidelines. I mean, it sucks every time that you would have to put your artwork out there and have to be like, here are the rules for everything <laughs> so, I have created. But I do feel like it's it's something that, you know, we're all aware of. And- so do
1: you then, like, since you are giving away the patterns for free, did you feel ownership over each pattern or the concept of daily patterns so then it was like fine to distribute
0: well see that's the thing i mean i say this like i like i was like yeah i'm prepared for whatever but there are people that have taken them and made money off of them and i've seen them on wherever you know and yeah. they've just like what do you do you police every single thing i do feel ownership over individual patterns still mm-hmm. even the ancient ones i don't even like anymore <laughs> you know like i still i still get a little like that was that's my you know that's mine of course you know and then there are other people that have done daily patterns since then. And I feel, on
1: my good days, I feel like good for them. And Wait, are you I'm, talking
2: about doing a project about daily yeah, like, patterns? Yeah, like I was daily? asking
1: her if yeah. she was more protective of the concept of daily pattern or each individual pattern that was. Made, I
2: mean, that's one of know? those things like we did it, but I'm sure it has been done.
1: A, well, that's like a the billion 30 times day, and,
2: whatever
0: yeah. everything, you know, yeah, yeah, and this is one of those things too where who knows? I mean, I don't think we were as aware of I mean, what is this 2008? No 2009? Yeah, it was a long time ago, so I don't even know how how many actually, people. Actually, it
2: might
0: have been 2011. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a billion years ago. It's probably why I don't like any. of I those actually was just
2: looking at those the other day, and I think they were dated 2011.
0: Yeah, they're like ancient. But when when I like when I think about it, I I'm not actually sure. I think those are one of the first bigger pushes into being more involved in a a bigger artistic community than our local one Mm -hmm. and so uh, when you're a long time ago and you asked me like is it poor research
1: oh yeah you know like (laughs) is
0: it poor research that you don't know if anybody else has ever done a daily pattern thing (laughs) the the research we did was basically stick it into the internet and type in daily pattern and see if anything came up and when nothing came up we were like okay you know i figure most of the stuff that's been done in a larger scale shows up shows up yeah i mean we do the same thing for the most part, anytime we we title like a show, show titles, yeah. stick it in the internet. Make sure that something else massive isn't not you know like gonna be titled exactly the same. That would be a problem. You also look for the little guys because you don't want to do anything. I mean, we're a, we're a little guy, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean. You still look for for similar things because you don't want to be like, oh, that's the same. When we did Skate or Die, we are not the first people to do a skateboard show. In fact, I have been doing that show with my students for. 11 years so i can't feel like i own that concept i do not own that concept yeah. you know but but yeah. you mean when you think about that you, you do kind of feel you're like uh, you know like on a good day you're like oh cool and then on a bad day you're like mm, you know you're <laughs> like i want i just want somebody to pat me on the back and tell me that that they realized that i did a version of a something somewhere
2: yeah and i think do you it- ever feel like that
0: <laughs> yeah that feels, I mean, that, that makes me feel narcissistic and ridiculous. Occasionally, I, I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe my old ancient one has floated off into the wherever. Maybe it wasn't a big deal. Who knows? Cry, cry. <laughs> what were you going to say, Chris?
2: <laughs> it gets to the point where it is, it's kind of a, in honor of, Skate or Die had a lot of, like, culture. Like an homage. Uh, homage, yeah. Yeah. Like the, even the title was, like, you know, referenced back to video games and skateboard magazines and just, like, yeah. the mantra of Skate yeah. or Die. And I think we did it in a way that paid homage to those, but it was different. Um, And I think that that's definitely something where if you're doing like a heavy metal skateboard based on the skateboards that you grew up with, is that copying them or is it just paying respect to them? I mean, I I was thinking I've been watching Twin Peaks and Lindsay's kind of been watching it in the background too as I've been working every single night.
0: I'll like turn and I'll be like, what's going on over there?
2: And it's hard to sum it up. But that show (laughs) is clearly an it's clearly like a rip of procedural crime shows and soap operas. And it basically takes all of those things and then does it in the most ridiculous way possible. So at the time when it came out and you, if you think I'm always thinking back to like the nineties when it first came out, because it feels like a lot of this stuff could be fit right in, in like the Tim and Eric's awesome show or whatever, you know, they're so weird and strange but they are also for like the formula and the the characters and things like that are almost like their archetypes and their their rips of other characters, just like played up to a ridiculous degree. So mm-hmm. when I am watching that, I am just like this show. At the time, like twenty years later, th- thirty years later,
0: how 25, old Twenty
2: five years later, um, <laughs> it it's so obviously like a like a like a play on these things that were really standard on tv at the time but i'm looking back and i'm like can't even imagine like what the people watching it at the time were thinking oh yeah because it was so serious and and i was also and that reminds me like when you were talking about movements oh yeah and maybe you can answer this because i'm an idiot and i don't know the answer but (laughs) during art movements is it a bunch of artists being like oh they're all riding on his jock you know, they're all ripping off this guy or they're all ripping off this person and that person. I don't or think Or do so. they, are they aware they're a part of the movement I doubt the movement, it. Or is I it all doubt it. I
1: think like because of how little communication is <laughs> happening, like. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> angry about <laughs> so it. Bad. Was, like, well, i so mad. Well, I don't think there's a lot of communication <laughs> happening between people in, like they're all in their own countries in Europe and all wherever. Well, oh, okay, I'm, I'm talking right.
2: more recently than Europe, European art movements, like the Renaissance. I'm talking about like
1: the like, Dadaists or something all, like that. They knew they were the Dadaists, available. right? Yes, yes. So they like have a...
2: So they were all like, we're on the same page. What is that called? Not,
1: they have a, not a mantra. What is that called? Your like, your like statement. What is that?
2: An artist statement.
1: Manifesto. Manifesto. Yes, they have their data manifesto, and they are like, we are this. We are proclaiming this. But the first person to do that, of course, like, uprose a bunch of people who are on board for it. So it is sort of like, and that's how like all art through nineteen, the nineteen hundreds worked, where they were like, this is happening. This is available. This thing is in style, and we are all reacting to the entire nineteen hundreds is questioning. What art is, how we interact with it. And so it is, it's like postmodernism and all the things that are happening up until then, it's all reaction. But do
2: you think within those art groups, they're like, this guy's totally ripping me off?
1: Well, that's the funny thing. So I follow contemporary art daily and I read all the things, but it is so hard to distinguish. One artist from another because it all looks the same right now. It's all like a blue canvas with like a tennis ball and (laughs) some other stuff hanging out and a bunch of like squiggles and some tape falling off a canvas. And you're like, this all sort of looks the same. So there's no hand in it. But that's also what is contemporary right now is not a lot of hand in work so it's all sort of like manufactured and a response to all these really manufactured things so nobody should quote me on what's happening in the art world right (laughs) now but that is what i see in contemporary art a lot of the time um so it's funny because it is a big response but i also think now more than ever people could make art of any genre like if you were like i'm going to make a realistic something or i'm going to make an impressionist something you totally could and nobody would say anything about it And I remember um, having this conversation with one of my old professors and they kept saying like, you are of this time. So if you're making it now, it is contemporary. So like it doesn't matter what it looks like, you're making it of today. And it probably should fit somewhere in the context of the bigger art world, but you're still making it today. So it it doesn't mean that you are a copier of some other style, some other time. You know, that's
0: interesting because I feel like there is probably a thin crust on top <laughs> of a giant pile of. This is actually okay. So the other day I watched a documentary on uh, geology, so that's where that came from. So there's a thin, <laughs> a thin crust of like <laughs> stuff that rises to the surface with a bunch of like tumbling crazy magma yes. underneath, right? Yeah, so right. they're what I feel like people do and we should figure this out if this is real or not. But I feel like the stuff that gets noticed the most is the stuff that people have not seen before. And that's the stuff that rises to the very top as like the most contemporary, the most interesting, the most innovative, the trendiest, the stuff that is like floating on the top, even though the rest of the stuff is relevant and what's what's yeah. pushing it around, you know? Right.
1: Well, that crust, the like, okay, so the top crust is the new stuff. And then the the day old crust. (laughs) The day old crust is like we tend to recognize patterns. So that's why I'm like a bunch of tape falling off a canvas that that is like a pattern of what's happening. And so that's that's like the day old crust is the patterns that we're seeing and what people are making. Because you can recognize it. It's like the entire world, everything that's being made, the subconscious, and then you see all the pattern. And then the new crust is the new stuff
0: we're like? What's that? I've never seen that crust before, and I feel like that's the kind of stuff too. Even in fashion, and we talk about this a lot too, especially with our students. We're like, there is somebody out there doing something completely, a hundred percent unique to the eyes that are looking at it. And I say that last part because it may be a combo of a million other ideas from long dead folks (laughs) or from people in different cultures, you know, but there is like a little tiny crust of something that is a twist that, that you've never seen. And that's the kind of stuff that I feel like when you ask, you know, somebody like who's, who's ripping on who here with like the newest thing or like who created this movement? Is everybody just a copy of this one guy or something like that? I feel like, there are some people that get enough press or that are well-recognized enough for being that new, like, first pinnacle of crust <laughs> that everybody else will be compared to that person mm-hmm. because they were the first to be recognized as Right. It. Yeah,
1: I was thinking about what you were saying about fashion and the newness of everything. The funny thing is, like, of course, we all have a body. And it's all the same, for the most part, the same shape. And so, like, clothing is not going to vary that much. It's just, you said this before, like, color shape material those are the only things that are gonna and like the cut of it is the only thing that makes a difference between like this weird jacket that I'm wearing and your jacket is like the <laughs> color shape of material <laughs> And so if, if that is true for both like fashion and art making alike, the color, shape, and material is the only things that you can adjust to like make something drastically different. That is not that much. So there probably is a lot of repeats out there.
0: I'm sure there's a ton of repeats. So what I always think about too, and I feel much stronger about this, these actually, what did I say to, and I keep talking about this because we just, okay, so we just finished teaching last week. It was like the- This l- week. Was it this week? Okay. Well, I mean, it was like earlier Like a couple this week. days ago.
2: Yeah, four days ago.
0: And we were freshly looking through everybody's final projects and everybody's done like their senior thesis and it's all up there and all these people are doing all their new concepts. And so I keep thinking about all these like wisdom bits that i tried to drop on those guys as they were tired and like hungry and confused about life and like you know it's it's hard you see all these new things happening especially in this tiny little art world that's here locally right the stuff that i see and then i also see kind of like all their influences too but i was saying to those guys i got off on a tangent for a second but i was saying to them that sometimes it's not how well you draw at all it's about your concept and i believe that i, I believe i've probably even said it on the podcast before mm-hmm. i mean it you could be the worst drawer and you have the best <laughs> concepts you know and if you know how to match up all your stuff i feel like concept means a lot more to me these days mm-hmm. and some people probably won't argue with me but i feel like i used to think the exact opposite i used to think technical ability was above all what was going to make or break you as like a creative force and i now i think it's the opposite of that i don't know if everybody agrees with me i don't know if i don't anybody... think
2: everyone agrees with you but i think it also depends on your audience your industry um, well the
0: experience that you're trying to make when i talk about concept i talk about like is anybody going to get you what you're trying to say like do they get what you're trying to say Right. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? And do, does anybody resonate with the thing that you were saying? I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had big conversations with, and I, I actually am kind of resentful about this. way. I had this ex-boyfriend who used to say, like, why you do what you do? And I would be like, well, I just want to draw nice things. And that's why I ended up in product design is because I have visually interesting patterns and things like that with no narrative. Mm-hmm. No narrative. It's not about a narrative for me, but for other people, that's all about it. But I, I still think there's a concept for the right, like, final format.
2: Right. Well, there's concept for every. I mean, there's concept for the right product. There's concept for the right art direction. There's concept for the right everything like that. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, you still need to be able to concept something. It doesn't have to be a narrative, but it has to be, I mean, you could be the type of person who doesn't have a concept and they and you can just execute things really well and they just hand this to you and say execute this execute this you know execute this
0: well there's a, a couple things that I was thinking about when I said concept over technical ability as you've probably noticed maybe the opposite of whatever's happening on contemporary art <laughs> daily you know manufactured yeah. looking things it's a right. complete opposite in comics it's like the complete opposite in a lot of illustration that's happening you see, all of the process, in, and you get to see, even between comic panels or pages or a series, you see the kind of artwork change. It's not about being a consistently perfect face of the same person over and over and over again with a different angle. Like You do not have to do that to get your concept across, which when a lot of people that I follow on Instagram are pattern makers, and that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of what they're showing are things that I think five years ago, I would have been like, what? That's a lazy painting. And I feel kind of bad saying that, but it's stuff that has tons of (laughs) like... Looseness.
1: Looseness. It's like shapes and blobs flying
0: around. It's like the blobbiest versions of things. But for whatever reason, I find them so charming. Mm -hmm. Today, when I look at my Instagram feed and I look at that, something that I never would have appreciated a couple years ago, I'm like, that is... Awesome, And I wish I could let go of some of my super tight rendering somethings that I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you just appreciate some of the things because you're like, oh, but then when your question too, is it because that person or those people are the crust, the top yeah. of the crust and they've, you know, their looseness and their painterliness and the things that are just like pouring out of their hand has made this, we were so used to looking at illustrator artwork in the early two thousands and nobody wanted to look at it anymore and then all of a sudden now everything that has like a human quality to it has gone to like the breaking point where
1: mm-hmm.
0: you see all the you see the bad scans, you know? Yeah. As part of the process.
1: Right. Right. No, I know. I totally agree. And I do think that we also get used to seeing some of those things that like the more you see it, the more you appreciate How interesting it is and how better, like the better version of that thing that you see. So, I don't know. I see lots of, lots and lots and lots of like hand-done type on things and really cute designs. Well, I love it. I mean, all I want to do do is look
0: at things that look like they were made like with somebody's like foot. (laughs) Because it's just (laughs) so refreshing, you know. Then you're like, that is the best foot drawing because that is so loose and energetic and it has a quality to it that looks spontaneous and not overdone and all these like little nuances that I don't think I had appreciated before. I'm sure at some point If I had not slept through all of my art history classes, I'm sure if I would have looked back into the universe, I would have found other art movements that probably would have appreciated that looseness as much as, and I'm sure you could probably write all them off. (laughs) So I I know I can see your brain thinking right now, but you know what I mean? There are other times when that the rise and fall of technical differences has sort of
1: Right. Well, it becomes like less and more important depending on, And I mean, that. I guess you could apply that to fashion too, where they were like, yeah. this is the shoulder time where we want to show off everyone's <laughs> shoulders or like, this is the back time where we're going to talk about backs now. Yeah. And so it's all about like what's happening right then. And then when nobody's looking, this other thing emerges. So you know? why
0: do you think people still get a little like, that was my thing?
1: And I, I, I don't like, know it's hard like coming up with ideas What is if you hard made the too, off also. the shoulder
0: shirt What if you made the one The one arm shirt remember that
1: Yeah Or <laughs> that it? stretchy bubble shirt
0: Stretchy bubble <laughs> shirt but Yeah the one that was like Heat formed into like a porcupine And then you had the It was, like, it was a it tube was sock yeah. And then you had to put it on and it just stretch formed To your body but it was like pointy bubbles <laughs> I don't know. The what about shirt. the hairy shirt that was basically the same one? I had one. <laughs> it was all black. So what if, what if you made that and then somebody else made that and then you were sad? Would well, You, and you were resentful? I think that's
1: part of, like, especially a shirt that is in a commercial industry, I suppose. Like, I guess not high fashion, but regular fashion that is made to be adapted and quick moving. And, like, you're not supposed to make a shirt and then stop making shirts. Like, you're supposed to make a shirt and continue to make other things and so it's not the end of what's happening and of course like people copy everything but especially in a commercial industry i feel like if you made that as an artist in a gallery you made a porcupine shirt and then somebody else made the same porcupine shirt i feel like you'd be probably pretty sad about it i mean because not everyone's making them. See, that's a hard thing it's not like cold and target making have a- one for you well that's a
0: hard thing that we have a couple friends that have made a piece of of commercial art but then that piece has been reappropriated in you know in an almost identical thing by some other random person somewhere in the universe and Mm -hmm. then it shows up and everybody's still sad it's always sad when you see something that i think i think everybody just wants credit you know you want Mm -hmm. credit for the things you do you know that you're part of a movement you know that you put your artwork out there and there's a dangerous stuff but you also Everybody just wants credit <laughs> for the stuff that they poured their heart into. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like...
2: I think it's a strange thing. I mean, in the case of certain pieces of artwork where you can just literally say, like, this one is pretty much this exact piece of artwork. Yeah. It's a little bit more obvious. But when I do think about movements, you know what has movements these days is video games. And I think back to...
0: Are they the... done with zombie time yet?
2: No, probably okay. not. Aww. I don't know.
0: This
1: That's a... the worst time.
2: <laughs> I'm fine. With, I mean, I have...
1: There's so much. Zombies, so
2: zombies much. <laughs> were my star wars or my whatever so i will probably be always fine with zombies but when i was growing up all i wanted was undead things monsters scary things so i'm cool with that but i'm saying more specifically like remember maybe you don't remember but do you remember when any game that was a first person game was a doom game
0: i yeah
2: and they're like that's a doom doom clone and they used instead of saying first person shooter they would just say doom clone and eventually they weren't Doom clones anymore and that became antiquated terminology. Like if you were to yeah. look at, you know, if you were to look at well, the newest what, what was Halo that, game or something or and be something? like, not even, I mean, it was like in the 90s. Early
0: like, 90s. It was old. I would That's say all old. the way up
2: to 96, 97, '98, oh. pretty late.
0: Well, see, I feel like people forget after a while.
2: Well, eventually it just becomes, it's, they're not ripping off like one thing anymore. It's not like an authorial, Doom was first person shooters. Yeah. And now it's not. Now it is a whole... It's like shirts.
0: You, there's a million different shirts. Shirt. And everyone yeah.
2: has their own shirt that they like. And, and <sighs> you know, they're not a rip-off. They're all not a rip-off of one prototypical right, shirt that existed one it's time in shape, history. It's color,
0: and size. Yeah. But there's somebody like you but
2: there was for a while it wasn't a movement yet and people were like you're just ripping off doom you're just ripping off doom but in the end the world is better for that as well
0: what if you were the the developing team of doom would you feel would you would you feel better or worse looking down the timeline and having somebody like you that says remember when it was a, a doom clone when they, people would actually attribute it back to that and that you know what i mean like i feel like."
2: Yeah, I'm sure they get a kick out of these days. I mean, I know that John Carmack, the creator of Doom, he just has like a house full of like Doom memorabilia and stuff like big giant statues of the demons and stuff. Do you like think that.
0: he feels good that he started a thing that I'm sure he in...
2: feels good because he's sitting on a All mountain right. of cash. <laughs> yeah.
0: What if he wasn't sitting on a mountain of cash?
2: Well there's definitely people like that too. Yeah,
0: who have started a thing and it was like the pioneering version and then all of a sudden it, w- it became technology or expected services. Do I you think, think people would still feel like I'm the I'm the one that did this thing and I feel good that I was the beginning person of this?
2: There is a certain amount of pride, but also if you are that the person like that, you're not going to get international recognition. It's kind of going to be a very small subset of people who are going to You gonna know, know
0: who I think would continue to feel good? Like my old boss. Good? I was was one of
2: the creators of Oregon Trail.
0: Yeah. Well, see, this is what I was going to say. If you were the original person, I think your your mental state of happiness would probably continue to be good if you were continuing to make things. If that was not your only thing that you did, I'm sure it would never be as big of a deal as if that was your one and only and you stopped. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's true or not?
2: Uh, I think it would definitely help if you weren't like fixated on the one thing. If you, you weren't fixated on Doom and
0: you kept making video games after that mm-hmm. and you just kept making other ones and more and more and more, you think the pain of seeing it appropriated and then turning into a norm would have been a positive thing?
1: Especially for your example, Chris, of like somebody coming up with an idea, which really was just like showing people a different way to use the technology or make a video game especially like in the young times of video games, that has now been like a main, I don't, I don't even know what it is. It's like an option. Like, do you want to make a first hand player that like you are the player? Right. Um, what
2: perspective do yeah, you Yeah. Like
1: what perspective, like even thinking about perspective, like that opens writing, up a whole yeah. like part of video games that now has become such an integral part of like what perspective is this? You can shift between perspectives, things like that. And so do you think sometimes, like, the idea man or the person putting something out there is just, like, fueling the community? Like, do you think it's always for the better of the community when something big comes like that? Or do you always think of it as copying, like, the doom?
2: I think in hindsight, it's probably usually better for the community.
0: I think as a person, Uh I think it really depends on a person's personality.
1: Like the person who put it out there?
0: Yeah, I feel like every single person has their, like, limits of what they think is... Something they did for the greater good, Mm -hmm. even in a like back when I remember I was talking about like in my tiny version of this when I was like oh my community projects back like right when I graduated yeah you know um college I would I would have been in a much different zone every idea that I had I think I would have had a death grip on and I would have been terrified because you don't know what's gonna happen you have limited history to teach you how to deal with things it's yeah and your perspective is different and now if i put something we do it all the time yeah you, know, you right. put something, put out, something there, out there you assume that it's probably you know maybe it's not the first version maybe we did poor research or maybe we did great research right you assume it will not be the last one of that
1: right well especially so say let's pretend you guys were the first ones to ever do a daily project and then <laughs> <laughs> like you were the first ones to say we're gonna do daily pattern i don't think we have to
2: do... assume i think that is a fact <laughs> the first that you to were the first one yeah.
1: yeah chris is claiming okay. it so chris was i'm gonna the put first that on your person? tombstone
2: <laughs> 2011 first daily 2000. project ever
1: first daily yeah. project so say you guys were Or you were the first people. Um, So now that daily projects or monthly projects or whatever have turned into such a big thing, like both for promotion of artist work and also as like a creative push and things like that, would you say letting it out into the world is a really good positive thing? Just like letting it fly? Yes.
0: I feel like there's like, well, yeah, I mean, for, for ideas like that, you're, and this is why I don't think.
2: I mean, that's a pretty open idea. Well,
0: okay. So, so, th- and that's the big difference between a single piece of artwork that has had, it's, you know, it's been chiseled down to a very specific one, like tiny pinpoint of a thing versus a concept of here, here is one piece of what could be any number of possibilities, mm-hmm. you know, like first person shooter. Mm-hmm or daily project or animation you know what i mean you're right. like you're kind of like broad... <laughs> yeah you're like well of course yeah and i, th- I, I mean... think we're
2: in a dangerous part of history too where people are there's teams of people in corporations who are trying to get the market and the the patents for things that are so ubiquitous oh they yeah shouldn't be patented right um so i think it is you know i, I would much prefer To see things just like go out into the world and live and breathe instead of having, you know, things that, I mean, if you have a really specific patent that is an invention or something like that, that's one thing. But if you are trying to patent the invention of the loading screen or something like that. In fact, Mm -hmm. Namco did, and I don't know if they still do, but they might have a patent that says for, I think it was a Ridge Racer game, they put Galaga at the loading screen, or I'm probably getting the games wrong, but they put a game in the loading screen, like a classic arcade game in the loading screen and then they patented it so no one else can do that even though like putting a game while you're waiting is that like a really is that something that you should be able to patent probably not it probably made all the other games worse because now we just have to sit there and stare at this thing that just says loading dot 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 loading dot dot dot.
0: target does that like the put loading red. screens no <laughs> they, they, they put patents red. on everything
2: Yeah, I know. Every company does. Every company tries their hardest. And it I mean, there's if you look at any... Yeah, because you
0: want to try and grab it in case maybe someday it's like the one thing that keeps your business a thing. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's kind of silly. Yeah. But again, okay, so this is where I go back and forth. I don't think there's anything wrong with protecting your rights. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with setting yourself up for success and to not be trampled and to not be stepped on and to, you know, it's a whole reason why everybody should get all their artwork you know, actually, series, every series you do, you should go and get it copyrighted by the Copyright Office. It will cost you one bazillion dollars to do all of your artwork if you're a prolific artist. But, again, it's a way that everybody can fight all the lawsuits. People actually rip you off, right? Right. Of course. We all know that. That that's, like, the rule, that what you're supposed to do. And people don't do it. And people don't do it because they're either like, what is a slim chance that I'm going to spend less money? Right. Doing which one of these things, you know? Do I spend all my time doing this or that? But at the same time, you know, you have a giant company like that that has an entire team dedicated to hoarding concepts. If that's where they're putting their resources, and if that's what they think it's going to, I mean, it's just, again, it, what is that? What's the term? Economy of scale? The bigger you get, the more people you can dedicate to it, the more time you have to it. Of course they could do it. It's like one of those things where if you're a single person, what are you gonna spend your time on? Making new stuff or worrying all day or spending all your money that you just made from right. your and jobs. I think that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that is what the a,
2: answer is if somebody is taking you thing. off, then you can continue and progress forward and then they're gonna have to find something else to rip off
0: well we have a great obviously we have a great community these days because people will fight for you and we've talked about this on previous podcasts they will fight for you because they know the the rights of the artists are things that people have to protect and so there are a bazillion people out there that will be very vocal about what you you know what you deserve what which rights you know are yours and what people should and should not do with artwork that has not had your permission you know mm-hmm to be used and i think that's fantastic and that says a lot about how educated people are becoming about rights of creative property you know mm-hmm. i think this whole conversation is really interesting because again i mean it doesn't stop some of us from feeling like ooh, you know i had that idea or like oh that that's a really good one you know and i think it all boils down to Two different things you know there's the business frame of mind that's protecting the things that will help you flourish as a business person and trying to figure out what the best combo of those things are and then the second thing which i don't think many people have control over is your emotional state and how you feel when you see things that are versions of your concepts and that's a much harder thing i think to put terms on you can't stop from feeling jealous about other people's success and things that were kind of someone similar to your thing. Mm -hmm. Or you can't stop it feeling like you want to not share something with a bunch of people. But it's, I think, important to know that it might be coming and to have some kind of like, you know, clinical reaction that you have saved for yourself to know what to do when certain things arise. How will you deal with that?
2: It depends on every circumstance. It does, yeah. I feel
0: like I just did what Radiolab always does, where they're like, everything is a possibility.
2: They're like, here's our opinion. Now, let's throw it all in the question, but and is then they it? ask a bunch of questions. Is
0: it our opinion? Oh. I don't know. Yeah. What a great
2: thing. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> but I think mm, it is.
0: It might be. Or not. But it might not be. So anyway. Now we just ripped <laughs> off Radiolab. <laughs> I still feel bad when I see something that kind of looks like a thing that I might have done. Lots of things to think about, but we do have plenty of things, again, that are meant to be shared and that are meant to be promoted and that are meant to be put out there so you guys can use and participate and do stuff like that. And that is the whole purpose of what we do. So if you would like to see some of the other things that are happening here at Gray Art Lab, where do we do this?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lightgrayartlab.com. And you can go to the blog at (laughs) blog.likecryartlab.com. I think
0: I knew the answer to these, and I feel like I was waiting for you to say it with your awesome voice.
2: And if you're at the blog, you can make sure to check out our next game night, which is May 28th, Thursday again, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. And the theme is going to be Future Perfect. So we'll be playing games all about futures stuff. And you can email us at podcast at com. You can find us on Twitter. We're at likegrayartlab. You can find us on Tumblr. We're likegrayartgallery.tumblr.com. You can find, like us on Facebook and stay up to date there. And you can subscribe to this show on the iTunes Music Store or stream it directly on Stitcher Radio.
0: Yep. And definitely make sure to stop by 7 p.m. Um, if you want to come by a couple minutes early, you should definitely do that this Friday. Sam Bosman will be giving his public lecture about his practice. Say hi to Callie Seesmeyer, who will be here. Tegan White will be here. She was also both of those guys, all three of those guys. Plus, you can say hi to us, too. We were all at the Iceland residency, and you can see some of the artwork that came up and learn a little bit more about that program. So again, thanks, you guys, for listening to our conversation today, and we'll talk with you soon.